1: com
0: hello welcome to emotional badass where moxie meets mindful i'm your host nikki eisenhower life coach and psychotherapist and on today's episode i'm discussing seeking seekers self-love and self-acceptance One of our Patreon members asked me what a seeker is, that I use this term all the time, and I do, so I thought it would make for a really good episode to dive into. What is a seeker? Well, the basic definition is someone looking for something or trying to get something. Isn't that exactly why you're here in the first place? Why you tune in to listen to Emotional Badass? Because you're seeking something, take a moment to check in with yourself. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? Have you always felt this? Have you always been this way? Were you born with seeking parts? Is it possible that seeking parts are dormant for a while, depressed? If they were at any point in your life, why and what awakened them? the textbook definition of seeker or seeking doesn't really get at how we use or how we feel about the term. Because we don't say, I can't find my keys. I'm seeking my keys. Though that technically fits the definition of looking for something. We don't seek out lost keys. We find lost keys. We don't seek tomatoes. We purchase tomatoes or we grow tomatoes. We don't seek a new car as much as we budget for a new car. Seeking isn't so much about stuff, is it? It's about feel. It's a being drawn to sensation, a magnetism, an anti-complacency that many of us resonate with as highly sensitive people and survivors. Seekers feel a drive, an undeniable, I must explore this. I must turn over these rocks to explore. And I might not know why, but I have an intuitive hunch there's something for me to learn, to see, to understand, to grow me. And I cannot deny this drive. And I will not settle for what feels like an incomplete or Swiss cheese-like experience or knowing. I want to fill in the Swiss cheese holes on the canvas of my life. Too many holes in the Swiss cheese is a sad slice. And that's what you get around here at Emotional Badass. You get Italian cheese analogies. But as seekers, we tend to use seeking and seeker when we're looking for something somewhat intangible or less solid than a set of keys as seekers as part of our identity as it being part of who we are who we know ourselves to be we find ourselves drawn to seeking new perspective to seeking truth to our understanding we seek things like freedom fulfillment joy we seek peace if you're healing from a dysfunctional childhood it's highly likely you're seeking safety externally and internally. In America, we have people constantly traveling to the United States seeking sanctuary and a better life. Surely every immigrant who's ever made it all the way to the U.S. was and is seeking betterment. We also seek enlightenment or spiritual understanding, evolution, security, Betterment in all its forms. Seeking can be a drawing towards, a drawing forward that we follow. Part of that drive of the seeker can also be feeling repelled or repulsed away from a place or an abuser, feel driven away from chaos or poor treatment or circumstance, like opposing ends of a battery that refuse to connect. And we can feel that even if we don't understand it at the time. So, as a seeker, I find myself at times both magnetically pulled to new wisdom and also magnetically pushed away from chaos and drama and low vibes. And as a little side note, you might notice that I'm not saying away from abuse or toxic people. If I use that more extreme language it subconsciously and accidentally reinforces that we shouldn't or can't move away from something until it is toxic or traumatizing. And that low bar is set by trauma and neglect. It's not set by healthiness or wholeness or security or self-worth. So very intentionally, I'm saying that I feel magnetically pushed away from chaos and drama and low vibes it doesn't even have to get to the point of being abusive or neglectful before I can empower myself to move away from as a seeker if you come back to listen to more than this episode and this was your first time I suspect that you are a highly sensitive seeker Or you love one and you're here seeking, figuring them out. So it might be true that the nature or the essence of a seeker might be contagious in a really beautiful way. And as seekers, we might like to share that seeking feeling. We get excited when we feel other people resonating with seeking. My very first counseling boss was named Sid, And he was a great boss. He was the kind of boss that would put lotion on my doorknob to play silly tricks on me when I got to work. He'd get you on April Fool's Day. He'd take his little cute chihuahua to work and he'd hang out with staff. He taught me how to ask for raises and that I should do that often. Early on in my relationship with him, he heard my story because I felt it was important As a new counselor, to have the people that I trusted and that were supervising me understand where I was coming from to help me make sure that none of my childhood stuff got in the way. So I felt comfortable sharing this with Sid because he had very safe, friendly, warm energy. And he heard my story and he said, how are you not crazy? How did you make it through? And it made me like him even more. Because he didn't go into, ooh, I'm not supposed to say the word crazy. It was just a genuine, wow, how are you not crazy? How did you make it through? And no one had asked me about myself like that before. No one had been amazed that I was better than I might have realized I was because I felt so, I felt so much struggle internally while outside looking like I had it together. So for the first time in my life to my boss, I said and realized in the moment I didn't ever feel a part of my family. I watched them. I observed them like an outsider. How did you know how to do that? And when did you start doing that, you think? He asked. And without thinking, I blurted out four. I think I've been doing that since I was at least four. And I don't know, maybe I had angels. But back then, I didn't have the language of seeker or seeking. I didn't have the language that I was a highly sensitive person. I certainly didn't have the language that I was an HSP high sensation seeking type. I didn't know I was also an empath. I hadn't found yoga. I was very disconnected from my body. I hadn't yet met my main healer and colleague and friend and spiritual mother, Lisa Tahir. I didn't consciously believe in angels. I didn't know people like Doreen Virtue were in the world. I had no idea about the term spirit guides. And if I did, I would have thought that was a load of crap. I didn't have any hippy dippy or woo woo anything. But when I look back at this, this may not be true for all of you listening and all of you experiencing. But for me, I very much believe that seeking is also a spiritual path. And that may piss you off if you're calling yourself agnostic. But the seeking has brought me to feel more connected to myself, to this body, to what's good in the world, to understanding energy, the law of attraction, to knowing myself more deeply, to understanding my gifts that I thought originally were things that just made me a weirdo seeking has forced me to believe in spirit where once I did not because how else could I just sort of magically align and trip over people that understood me people that could ask me powerful questions that stay with me for the whole rest of my life like Sid did in that moment just being a good boss being a person who cares I believe seeking has taken me all the way to Colorado all the way to meeting Chris all the way to creating this show. And yes, that has felt like a spiritual journey. In understanding more of who I am and what I am and how I operate and move through this world, I've gotten to know and grow myself with clarity and intention and really grow into what it is to actually love myself. And from this knowing and intentional living, Grew a self respect, a self acceptance that I didn't know I needed, that I didn't know I could have or attain or feel. And seeking got me there. So, what do you think? What do you feel? Are you a seeker? Is there a force inside that drives seeking different forms of wisdom? Consider that peace is a kind of wisdom. And that might be a funny way to think about peace, maybe in a way you've never thought of before. Joy is a kind of wisdom. Empowerment is a wisdom. Self-respect is a wisdom. Are you a survivor that's seeking to thrive? Then you are a seeker. I feel a love for my seeker parts now. Part of the process for most of us, I believe, takes us through being angry or resentful of our seeker parts. Because we're tired if we had chaotic, neglectful, traumatic childhoods. We're tired and we would like the answers and the therapeutic work to just kind of fall from the sky. When I worked through the grief and frustration and resistance of being a seeker, because it made me different, it made me feel weird than the family I was born into— than the friend system that developed around me in a haphazard, non-intentional way through junior high and high school and even early college. I was tired from complex PTSD. But in getting to know who I am by listening to the drive of my seeker parts that guided me to all this knowledge and wisdom that has been so hard-earned and so worth it, I started to feel a release and a relief because it started making sense almost on a cellular level that I no longer had to fight who I was. And in accepting that I'm a seeker, I can better take care of this part of myself versus fight her. When I'm tired and it's time to veg and no longer seek, when it's time to let go, to stop, to be content, To practice enoughness in any given moment or any given day. I know that that's a very important part of me that I can't just smush down and tell to shut up. I have to honor that seeker part and teach her, hey, you can take a rest. Because I trust that the answers and the wisdom is coming. Because I don't give up until I get what I need. My seeker parts wouldn't allow me to from that trust comes a relief because I don't have to force this work any faster than it comes.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to CalmHistory.com.
0: There is nothing desperate about seeking, and that might be why you're mad at seeking parts or frustrated. Our trauma histories can make our seeking feel desperate. I hope today's episode helps you look at your seeking parts, helps you own it if you are a seeker instead of being confused or stressed out by it. I hope in embracing your inner seeker that you commit to neither pressuring yourself to get there any faster than you can in your healing, that you commit to feeling safe as a practice, secure and trusting that all you seek is waiting for you. It's there. What if you allowed yourself to believe that healing is absolutely available to you? You just can't rush it. Because the second you start to rush it, you throw your nervous system into fight or flight. Stress response. Those of you who are exhausted, you fight your own adrenals and invite adrenal fatigue with that pressure. So part of the trick, if there's a trick, might be to trusting the depth of of how much you're a seeker. And when you trust that, you don't have to rush, you don't have to pressure. You can support yourself by saying, I will get there when I get there. What is there today to enjoy? And if I go super spiritual and deep with you, what if all you seek is truly already inside of you? It's there. It's available. It's like an onion that you just peel little by little to get to the center. And what if all you have to do is live in the light of self-respect and keep following your intuition while minimizing chaos, stress, and stepping out of old, funky patterns? You are worth this work, seeker. And you are very special. That might sound a little corny. It might make you blush. It might make you roll your eyes. I don't have any statistics on this, so I don't know how many of us, in terms of the human tribe, are seekers. I know that our best guess is that 15 to 20 percent of us are highly sensitive. That means even less of us are empaths. I have a few theories, though, that deep down, beneath all trauma, all dysfunction, all self-sabotage, that all humans are probably born innately seekers. That seeking is the natural human drive that has kept us alive as a species all these years. But in our modern society, it might be harder to spot or harder to navigate. We might wind up being aware that we are a rarer fruit. It's helped me tremendously on my healing path to accept that I am a seeker And to extend understanding and compassion to others who are not. If we don't extend understanding and compassion and acceptance that other people are either living out different karmas than we are or are learning different lessons. Then we meet the non-seeker with annoyance and frustration or perplexed confusion. When I accept myself that I am a seeker, it helps me to accept how others show up as themselves because I don't have to fight myself and I don't have to fight them either. This has helped me be more peaceful in relationships. It's helped me choose friendships, helped me know which ones to pursue and hang on to and which ones to let go in the wind. It's helped me all around accept what is about how I experience the world versus the ideals I used to crave so hard Or the loneliness that I felt at what seemed like a lone seeker in my family of origin, a weirdo, an alien. When you hear me at the end of episodes, like I do a lot, I don't every time, but sometimes I thank you, being a member of this audience, for being the change in the world. And what I'm really doing is I'm thanking you for acknowledging your seeker parts, for being anti complacent with pain and struggle. Because how else would you possibly be here without journey after journey after journey of seeking? When you work to heal and grow the way you have already done in your life and that I know you will continue to do because your seeker parts will not settle until you're exactly where you need to be. When you do this, when you show this, when you live this, you subconsciously give others permission to heal, to grow, and to strive for betterment too. It invites others to awaken their dormant seeker parts in this lifetime, too. Doesn't mean they will, but when you do this work, you certainly send out the invitation. This is why we use the word awakening. Can you look back with compassion on your childhood that maybe well before your adulthood, you were seeking, surrounded by people that weren't? That may be the root of so much confusion relating to people since we were very young. Thank you for allowing your seeking parts to lead you all the way to here, not just to the show, but to where you are in life. And if you're struggling, know that you can rest and that your seeker parts will take you one step at a time towards the betterment that you want, that you're worthy of, and that you can absolutely grow in this lifetime. I hope I was able to shine some light on what I mean when I throw around the term seeker and seeking. If you'd like to ask me a question about this, who knows, by the time we get to S, we're moving through the alphabet. I might choose seeking as the topic. We have met our third goal on Patreon. We've been working hard on it for over a year and a half. So thank you so much, new patrons who have come on to support us Supporting you. We do donate 10% of our Patreon. In the coming months, we'll have another Patreon pay it forward where we will give 10% forward. When you come to Patreon and support us with the cost of a cup of coffee, what you're doing is you're voting for this show to stay commercial free. Our Patreon supports all the production that we put into the show. And most podcasts that you fall in love with add commercials, right? We are committed to not doing that. So we thank you so much for being a Patreon producer of the show. By the time this episode releases, I will have answered your questions on the April monthly Patreon live stream. We're on letter C. So far this year, we have covered the topics of abundance, boundaries, Codependency will be out next. In the next few months, we're going to cover divorce. I'll answer any questions you have about your divorce and impending divorce, how divorce works, how it feels for a highly sensitive person, or you can ask me anything personally about either of my two divorces. In June, we're going to do elephant in the living room for the letter E. Then we're going to go on to forgiving or why you don't have to forgive And we're going to talk about goals in August. So come submit your questions. It's at the $10 level on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. And part of what you get is a shout out when you come onto Patreon. You can let us know if you want just your first name, just an initial, or if you want to go for the full shebang and release your whole name, you can let us know. I want to thank Janelle, Kate, Sarah, Amber. Kelly, Jennifer, Leah, another Kelly with a Y. The last one was with an I. And I want to thank Ariana and Jenny. We really cannot do the show without you. We put so much into it, managing the social media for the show, the audio. I spend hours and hours and hours working on each episode. Kat helps me manage all of the contents. We get tons of messages of how people are learning that they're highly sensitive. They're feeling hopeful. They're feeling unalone and not crazy. I want to thank all of you for being our marketing team. Patreon is not the only way to help us. It helps tremendously if you go on iTunes and write a review. That helps work that funky iTunes algorithm and helps new people get suggested to the show every single day light and love, and I hope you embrace and love on that sweet, smart, strong seeker that resides inside. I'm an emotional badass, you're an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love, and I'll see you next time right here. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.